Whoever's listening, we're glad to have you in. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 57. A wild week, especially in the NFL. Georgia's still the best team by a mile. Not much really for college football. May talk Clemson football in a couple episodes, depending on what happens. Uh, mostly a relatively calm Saturday with a uh, couple of uh, questionable decisions made by the committee. I cover that in my college football show, Cover 2, with my guy Patrick. If he's listening, shout out to him. But in regards to the Man with the Plan podcast, thank you guys so much for subscribing. Thank you guys so much for listening. We reached over 3,500 listeners last week. Really appreciate that. And thank you guys for the support on the Henry Ruggs little episode. It really meant a lot to make that. And your response was indicative of how great you guys are as a community and how much this show means to me. So I really appreciate that. Um, regardless, wild weekend in the NFL. I want to start off with Sunday Night Football, and if you told me that the Tennessee Titans would not only beat the LA Rams in their own stadium, that the Titans would travel cross-country without the best running back in football, potentially the MVP candidate with everybody slipping up this weekend, they'd not only go in there, and after Tannehill throws a pick early, they would not only dominate the Rams, but do it and make it look so easy, especially after the Rams acquired Von Miller, he was inactive the night that they played, but it was a, it felt like the, the season's, the tilt, if you had an access for the Titans season, it felt like it was trending upwards, the stock was trending upwards, they were, it was, everybody was on cloud nine in Tennessee, and then Derrick Henry breaks his leg, and everyone starts to go, ah, crap, because without Derrick Henry, we lost to the Jets, and that was not a, and that was not something that inspired much confidence for the Titans. So, not only did they go into L.A., they destroyed him. Made Matthew Stafford very, very uncomfortable. I think what Tennessee did so well is that they signed Adrian Peterson, which was actually something I didn't see coming. He usually appears on some random team every now and then. Scored his, like, 125th career touchdown with the Titans last night. It was weird. I was like, wait, this is a like Randy Moss and the Titans thing where the old legend makes their way to Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill looked good. The uh, defense for Tennessee was the true hero and was able to make Matthew Stafford very uncomfortable. A lot of great stuff. I didn't get to really watch the game in whole because I was on the road for half of it, but I was able to listen to it. And the key common trope was that Tennessee was making Matthew Stafford's life a living hell. And you were like, wow. This team not only is willing to fight, is there a team that is more than just their star player in Derrick Henry? And if you were a betting man, and I was certainly very confident, I think I told my brother, I said, this is going to be a blowout. Why are we listening to this? But he was like, ah, I want something to listen to. I, I have a good feeling about this. So, McGregor, if you're listening, good job on you right there. Really great stuff. I really... This is where it's. it was a weird day for a lot of teams. You had Tennessee winning in a game we didn't expect. We had Denver winning in a game we didn't expect. We had the Falcons almost choke, but then the Falcons overcame what the Falcons are. And, like, Falcons, they're Falcons, they're Falcons. It was so weird. You thought Trevor Simeon was going to have a good day. 
Uh, the Giants beat the Raiders, and I kind of called that. We do picks for uh, my brother, dad, and I do picks. And I was like, I, I think this is going to be a Giants win. I think it's going to be a little too emotional for o- for Las Vegas to handle, and I ended up being proven correct. Uh, a lot of weird stuff. It made uh, that day a lot, fl- a lot of fun to watch. There were a couple clear-cut games, like the Patriots beat up on the Panthers. We'll talk about Sam Darnold after the break. But uh, a lot of great stuff, a lot of really, really nice stuff to watch. So something that I really I had to think about this before I started talking about it again, because we, we've brought it up a couple times, is the fascinating concept of Urban Meyer. So last spring, Urban Meyer is a very interesting guy. He is the former coach. If you don't pay attention to much football or you haven't heard of Urban Meyer in a while, he's the former coach of Ohio State, left for a year or two, something like that, and came to the Jacksonville Jaguars and immediately brought controversy. He brought negative press, negative headlines for a team that was going to have Trevor Lawrence, and it was looking very, very bright. So the Jaguars start 0-5, and they get their their breaks kicked off every single time. It looked like it was a bad football team, not very well coached, but getting better, showing signs of momentum. And then... The uh, bar scene happens. Urban Meyer flies back from Cincinnati on his own. Or he stays in Cincinnati. This is the team flight. And is shown in a bar with a woman. And everyone's like, oh, this is it. Urban Meyer does not get it. He does not understand the locker room. He does not understand the culture of the NFL. It's time. So, what has Urban done since then? He's gone 2-2. Two and two. He has beaten the Dolphins, which isn't really saying much this year because the Dolphins are the Dolphins. It is a struggle down in Miami. You have a couple of, you had a game against Seattle against Geno Smith where they were absolutely blown the brakes off of. They didn't look like they couldn't compete on any side of the ball. DK Metcalf was having his way. And so when you look at this Buffalo game and you look at the score, it, it provides a couple of key things that we need to look for moving forward. Is A, this was a very physical game and Jacksonville was the winner, clearly. The more physical football team. B, their guy, Josh Allen, was better than their Josh Allen, which is a very, something that was very funny this weekend was it was Josh Allen picked off Josh Allen. Josh Allen fumbled, and Josh Allen recovered it. Josh Allen was sacked by Josh, really great stuff. Uh, the name, the scoregami, the nameagami, all the stuff that you want to name for it, it was great. So I was like, man, this is a really good win for Jacksonville. Why aren't we talking about this more? So what I came to decide is I was gonna I was gonna put something out about it, and I don't think Urban Meyer I don't think Urban Meyer's lost his locker room. I think Urban Meyer has either gained it back, gained the trust back of his team, because when you have a real you have a one in six team, and it's not looking like the season you were hoping for. A lot of people were hoping Jacksonville could compete with the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence, and they had a roster that could potentially make some noise. I thought they were a six-win team. They were going to be competitive in like every single game, and they were going to be a team to watch for. I was wrong. <laughs> but this game against Buffalo, a lot of people had Buffalo as the AFC favorite. They went to Kansas City, beat the snot out of them. A lot of great stuff from the Bills. Josh Allen was looking really good, and they walked down that field in that first drive, kick a field goal. And I'm thinking, this game's going to be over, or when is Buffalo going to show up? When, when, is, when are they going to eventually take over? And I saw a Jacksonville team, and Trevor Lawrence went out for two quarters. I, it, they, he went out for a sizable time. I thought it was his season was over based on what I saw with the injury. This team fought for Urban Meyer. 
on every phase of the game. They were able to win off a punt, which is something really fascinating. They did it without their star quarterback in Trevor. It's a lot of things that if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan and you're not sure about Urban Meyer, this could be the game that tilts that momentum forward. It's not beating up a crappy Miami team. It's at home, defending your turf against a really, really good Buffalo team with a really, really good quarterback in Josh Allen and just sticking your foot in the ground and fighting for your guy. That is something that you need to look out for. I think it's super impressive. I think that he's getting the locker room back. That's the kind of win that can galvanize a team, that can rally a team around a guy who you don't necessarily didn't believe in in the first place. And you had Trevor Lawrence, who didn't lose the game for you. Who You didn't have to ask him to be fantastic. We were like, hey, we don't need you to be the number one pick. We just need you to be a game manager. We need you to just make the throws, keep the clock moving. We don't need you to lose it for us in one play or win it for us in one play. And I think for Trevor Lawrence's development, that's really crucial moving forward because you didn't he didn't lose the game for you. He didn't make any mistakes. He had an actually relatively clean game. And while you could say, hey, he was out for less time, so we don't know. But in the end, Trevor Lawrence was on the field. Jacksonville was able to get a significant victory. I think that despite the fact that they're 2-6, and six, it shows that they've not given up on this team. Urban Meyer hasn't given up on this team. And this team hasn't given up on Urban. So we need to watch Jacksonville again. We need to see how this team develops moving forward. How does this team handle a very emotional win? How does this team handle a significant victory like this? It'll be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. Not saying Jacksonville is going to go on some playoff run and defy all odds and win the AFC South. But it is something to watch for. It is something to certainly watch for. Another thing that I uh, understood from today, and we're going to cut, cut the, we're going to talk about this and then cut to break, is how clear-cut the NFC is and the AFC is a mess. Not in the terms of mess because there's so many bad teams. There are four or five teams in the hunt, there are five and four, four and four. You have New England that starts at uh, five and four, and then you have Kansas City at five and four, then Denver at four and f- I think four and four are either five and four. It is a weird bunch of teams that are just scrambled up together. And I have no idea who's going to be number one, and I have no idea who's going to be number seven. You have teams like Baltimore who just continue to have these unbelievable comebacks. You have teams like Buffalo who can't stay consistent, teams like Tennessee, who we thought were going to collapse against L.A. It is a weird year for the AFC, and I think anybody could win it, to be honest with you. Anyone from 7-1, to one, if you have a team that just plays the right matchup, I think if you had a team like maybe Cleveland or the New England Patriots, you put them against a team like Tennessee, who maybe death somehow needs Derrick Henry in that against a well-coached team like Stefanski or Belichick, who's able to utilize those weaknesses of a team that might not be able to get the run game going late and exploit that. That could be something that we have to watch for. You have in the NFC, very clear-cut, you got your division winners. I think Arizona, especially after LA losing, and we're going to talk about Arizona later and how impressive that win was without Clint, without DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray, is that I think... Arizona is the clear-cut favorite in the NFC West right now. In the NFC South, you've got the Buccaneers, obviously. The Packers, despite losing Aaron Rodgers, with the whole vaccine thing, which is a big mess, and we uh, won't talk about it, but the Packers still have a sizable lead in the NFC North. And the Cowboys, despite having a stinker against the Broncos, have a sizable lead in the NFC East. Everything's clear-cut. In the AFC, it's not. And it's that chaos and that unpredictability that's going to really pave the way for a really exciting finish. And we still have a lot of football left. I didn't realize how much adding an extra week 
makes me so excited that we have all this time to kind of size out this chaos and make something of it. It's going to be really interesting. Okay, when we return, I want to talk about why finally I have gained confidence in the Cardinals and why it's time to close the curtain on Sam Darnold. This is the Man with the Plan podcast. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 57. Guys, something that I've been thinking about doing, and as the show continues to expand, feel free to leave a five-star review or subscribe to let us know that you enjoy what you're listening to. Especially after these weird weekends, something that I want to do is that super fan series. You guys remember that episode with uh, Len Vietri with the Georgia football Bulldogs. I kind of want to do that with the NFL, bring on certain guests on Monday and have it be an interview with the fan. They know what they're talking about, know what they're doing, bring some passion, bring some heat and get them on the show. Talk about the wins, talk about the losses, talk about the season. If you guys want to be a part of that. Feel free to comment below if you're uh, interested and we can talk and we can get some details hashed out. Not necessarily like an interview. could just be a five-minute segment where I just ask you your feelings and thoughts on the game. Something that I think would be really fun. Fun for me, fun for you guys, especially to increase that geographical reach. Something that I really would like to do. So guys, if you're interested, please let me know. There's something that I really uh, have been struggling with this season especially. If you're a Panthers fan, this could be a rough one for you is the prospect of prospect of Sam Darnold. Excuse me. I think that it's time to close the curtain on Sam Darnold. And what I mean is not necessarily banished from, from the NFL, because I think he's clearly capable. He's got a lot of talent. But I think the thing is, is that Sam Darnold is a very... Ah, it's just tough to place it. It's very tough to place him. Because some days he looks fantastic, some days he makes all the right throws... And then it's days like Sunday where you're smacking your head against the wall if you're a Panthers fan and cheering like no other if you're a Patriots fan. Three mind-boggling. And the second one with Jamie Collins, I don't think necessarily that's a all on him. It's a low ball, so it's easy for the de- defensive lineman to be able to get that. Yeah, a very athletic play from Jamie Collins. But there was the boneheaded pick against J.C. Jackson, another boneheaded pick against J.C. Jackson where it kind of threw a 50-50 ball and made it kind of... 30-70 in favor of the DB, but I think that in certain games, Matt Rule, especially in this one, you knew the Patriots were going to score like 40 points, so you were playing not to lose, and the Panthers' offense felt very conservative and very to the point if they couldn't get three or four yards on first down, Sam Darnold was screwed because he's not a guy that can make those throws on third and 12, the pressure's in his face, can he find that read, can he diagnose the defense, dial up a play? It didn't feel like it could, and he was driving. He had a lot of momentum. It was 14-6. to You were thinking, okay, the Panthers are going to make this a game. He scrambles outside the pocket. Matthew Judon gets in his face, and he lobs a ball for a pick six. It's classic Sam Darnold. Makes a couple great throws on the drive, converts it on third down. You're like, okay, okay, and then it's a pick. If it's not this season, it's going to be next. I think Darnold's going to start to become your guy that comes in every now and then. He's going to be your backup. He's going to be someone that you'd love to have on the team. Good attitude, good kid. But I don't think he's starter material in the NFL. I think the Panthers are a much better team than 4-5. and five. They have a championship defense. Hassan Reddick, Brian Burns, Stephon Gilmore, A.J. Boye. They've got a lot of pieces, a lot of things that they can put together if they can get a quarterback. I think if Teddy Bridgewater was on this team, they would have won a lot of games this year. They would probably be 6-2 and two right now. 
I'm really being serious because they were able to take down a really good Saints team that's very well coached. They were able to compete with the Cowboys team. It's just not coming together, and I think part of it's Sam Darnold, and I think it's that it's time that we close the chapter on him. A lot of people wanted to say it was the Jets, and partially it could be as simple as confidence. It's just been eroded. The Jets, it's an unfortunate place to start. Uh, <laughs> it is unfortunate that he had Adam Gase, and he had so much coaching switches and so much turbulence in his career. It is something that you hate to see, but I think it's something that we have to address and point out about Sam Darnold and his career thus far. He had it was three. The Panthers were three and zero. They were rolling. They were doing well. They had the defense. They had the offense. Everything was coming together. So all the Sam Darnold enthusiasts were like, "Yes, this is the time." It was Adam Gase, and now everybody's silent because he played the Patriots once again. You saw ghosts. It was unfortunate. I think it's time to close the curtain on it. It is sad because I think I I really like Sam Darnold as a player. I would really love for him to be on a team. That is a good offensive line and can thrive. And I think they have all the pieces in Carolina to be a championship team. It's just they need that quarterback. And it's unfortunately not going to be Sam Darnold. If they can maybe draft a quarterback, maybe it's P.J. Walker for some reason that they want to use. I think Matt Rule's coach, coaching longevity in the NFL, especially with Carolina, is going to la- is going to very much depend on who he puts in at his quarterback because he's built the team. He's made really great draft choices in the last couple of years, like they had the Derek Brown guy from Auburn, solid defensive tackle that can stop the run. They got edge rushers, Brian Burns, Hassan Riddick. They've got great Shaq Thompson. They've got great corners, Gilmore and Boye. It's all the pieces you want on a championship defense, on a championship team. It's just that that Carolina defense is like, guys, we just need one or two drives where you can put together put put two six-point drives. We just need you to score 14 and maybe get a field goal here and there. Scores 24 a game. Scores 20 a game. Our defense can handle the rest. Patriots were given short field. The Patriots were given opportunities to score points off turnovers. This is a Panthers team that is very, very good. It just is about putting together a quarterback. Okay, so Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. I was never a big Cliff Kingsbury guy. I really wasn't. I was always unsure of it. He got fired from Texas Tech. He had Patrick Mahomes and could not produce a 500 record or even above 500 record at his time there. And so when the Cardinals made that hire, I was the same guy every year. I said, they're going to look great for eight weeks, and then they're going to get figured out. The, the offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs, it's creative, it's ingenuity, it's all this great stuff. But it, then it comes crashing down. I don't think he's a really great game manager. I don't think he can do this. I don't think he can do that. And Sunday, he basically just said, well, no, Grayson, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to make sure that you see that I'm going to prove wrong. So the 49ers to me, are a very interesting team that they had to face. It's a very talented roster. George Kittle was coming back. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. And the 40, the Cardinals, I come to learn, don't have Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have A.J. Green, who's been really good for them this year. If you don't include the miscommunication that led to Green Bay's victory on Thursday Night Football, the Cardinals are a really good football team, and so are the 49ers. So you go in there with Colt McCoy, a quarterback who's a journeyman backup, you have two of your top receivers out, and you're able to not only beat the 49ers, dominate. That was, to me, the game that I decided, I'm a Cliff Kingsbury guy now. And what I, I'm going to say this now. Watch him. Watch Cardinals drop like three straight because I just said that. It's going to be tough. I have never been a Cliff Kingsbury guy. I've never been confident in him. Even when the Cardinals were rolling, they were 5-0. and I was like, ah, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. And for this to happen, this was a game that the Cardinals had no business 
in the first place winning, they didn't have any business dominating it in the way they did. It was ridiculous. It was nuts. It was all the things that a good football team does, a great football team, a team that's trying to compete for a number one seed. I think they're the lead in the lead right now for it because Green Bay lost and L.A. lost. Team LA, They actually beat L.A. in week four. So even after they beat L.A. in week four, a team that I thought was a Super Bowl favorite, I wasn't confident. I wasn't sure. They were able to turn my opinion around at like a 180. I didn't think that Cliff Kingsbury was capable of being like, I thought this was a team that also would shut down under all this adversity against a 49ers team that can punch you in the mouth, can run the football well. This was a very surprising result. I did not expect this. You'd love to have Colt McCoy as a backup. He's a guy that can come in. He can learn NFL offense. He can run the plays you need him, but he's not going to put up 30 points against a really good 49ers defense. It was shocking. My mouth was on, my jaw was on the floor. It was dropped. And so my confidence in Cliff Kingsbury, I'm giving it out. It's my seal of approval. If you're a Cardinals fan, congratulations. I believe in your coach now. It's taken me three years to do so. And if they keep rolling like this, and I think Kyler Murray, as long as he can get healthy, this is anybody's team. And this is a team that is dangerous. You don't want to face them in the NFC. It was very exciting to watch. It was something that I didn't expect to watch. I thought it would be a 49ers win. And it impressed me. Really is all I got really all I got on Cliff Kingsbury is wow. Kudos to you, man. You've impressed me. You have made me a fool <laughs> per se. It was great. On the other hand, what an embarrassing loss for the 49ers. You have all the opportunities to go five hundred to gain some traction in an NFC wildcard spot where Seattle is gonna be down a couple games because of Russell Wilson. He's back, by the way. You needed this win at home. And it, it was not good. It was ugly. Gosh. And I, I was wondering, why don't they put Trey Lance in? Why don't they? Why don't, if they don't think they have a chance, if Kyle Shanahan wants to try to develop him now, put Trey Lance in. Let's see what the kid's got. That, that's what I'm in with. Put Trey Lance in. I want to see what he's got. I want to see what the rest of this rookie QB class looks like because we got Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence who are for sure going to be good for a long time. I don't know about Justin Fields yet. I don't know about Zach Wilson yet. And I really don't know anything about Trey Lance. I've seen one game. And he was fine. I really want. I just want to see how the process works. Kyle Shanahan. I think that you need to put in Trey Lance. It is at this point they're three and five. They need to put in Trey Lance. This is the time. It's nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just I think that if you don't think you can win, make it to the playoffs, or you don't have a strong chance to begin with, it's time to put in Trey Lance. Let's see if he can win you a couple games and inspire confidence moving forward. And a very talented 49ers roster. Maybe could win games with Trey Lance behind your center. This is why you traded up to get him. This is why you traded all that draft capital. You were number three in the draft. You've been to the Super Bowl two years ago. It is either time. It's time to decide, in my opinion. I know you want to play it safe. I know you want to keep him behind. Maybe he's not ready, and maybe that's the case of why they're not putting him in. But when you spend all these resources to get him, eventually we're going to have to see the curtain close on this debate of whether it should be Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. I am very curious to see how this pans out. It's going to be an interesting run. It's going to be an interesting end of the season, and we'll see how it plays out. That'll conclude our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was the Mammoth Plan Podcast, episode 57. Subscribe for more. Leave me a message. Tell us what you think. As always, thank you guys for the incredible support. Continue to spread this podcast out as we continue to expand and continue to get that reach I love doing this. I know you guys love listening to it. So as always, thank you guys. Stay safe and take care.